The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to the Just Swinging It podcast. Chris is not with us today, but we still have Fat Baby Funds and myself, John Burrell. How you doing, Fat Baby? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, went, just got back from playing some basketball. So um, uh, Tuesdays is my early day at work. I skip out a little early, go play some ball, come back and get ready for the, you know, take a quick shower, get ready for the podcast. Um, what all have you been into today other than um, the markets? Uh, just working and then uh, making dinner and watch a little Seinfeld before here. And then uh, that's about it. Oh, nice. You can't go can't go wrong with Seinfeld for sure. That's that's a classic. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just get right into uh, some of the market conversation. I didn't want to talk too much um, ahead of just going live here so we don't have to repeat ourselves, and and we can have the conversation for everyone to hear um but what is there anything that is on your mind about the market as it stands right now no not not too much just keeping an eye on things overall it 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 seems like we're just in the general uptrend of things where everyone seems pretty happy we're in the middle of earnings season um, so you're seeing some crazy results, some companies going up 30%, and some companies going down 30%. Um, but other than that, just really watching it overall, it doesn't feel like there's too much angst in the market. feels like there's a lot of the greed is high, the, the fear is low. Um, so that'll probably flip pretty quick, but it's just the way it works. What about you? Yeah, for sure. Uh I basically have been had been um, making my my book smaller and smaller, selling a lot of positions that's been working because I, I, I normally don't keep things very long. So, um, and also I trade mostly derivative products that have leverage on them. So, um, a lot of swing trades. So I've been unwinding uh, my old position, my. Um, S&P 500 positions, just un- unloading is a, a, a lot right here. Um, still have like core positions on that I keep. Um, so, so I do have some long-term portfolio stuff that I just keep on, but it's a very small percentage of my portfolio. And even, even then, sometimes I'll even sell it out. So 
it's kind of a longer term positioning um, that I like to keep in there just as I guess more of like hedges. Uh, I, but I keep a little bit of everything in there, but just been selling a lot of stuff, taking advantage of uh, taking the profits and taking risk off. Um, but one, one thing I did think that was interesting, um, which we may get into a little bit later, I guess, first, um, do you have, uh, any, uh, do you have an educational segment for today? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about, uh, amortization. We talked about EBITDA depreciation and, net profit and really the only part left out and the difference in all of that is amortization. So really what that is, is it's very similar to depreciation. And when we talked about that, it's really depreciation is trying to uh, expense a fixed asset over its longest term useful life. Um, But amortization is a little interesting because it's an intangible asset. So instead of a building, it's a patent. Instead of a machinery, it's a trademark. So sometimes you'll see this in accounting. So it's just good to understand really what it is. And the idea is if someone has a patent, a trademark, um, anything for a copyright, anything of that source where it's not really tangible, but there's a very real benefit to it. Um, and that benefit has a useful life. So at, at some point, for instance, uh, patents go away, uh, copyrights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you, wanna, you want to recognize that expense in accounting. And so you do it in a very similar manner to depreciation where you take the overall uh, value of whatever it is find out how many years you think that useful life is, and then divide it out and usually spread it equally. Sometimes you can have an accelerating where you recognize more costs up front, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, But it's just good to understand when you're hearing depreciation and amortization, I think a lot of people get the idea of what depreciation is, but just really remember for amortization, it's intangible asset. And understand, is that important to a business that you're looking at? And do they have a lot of money in there? Because it can definitely swing financials if there's a lot of money in the DNA accounts of depreciation and amortization. So I guess um, my first question to that would be like, I guess one of the bigger or one example that I could think of would that would that be like with um, I guess uh, healthcare where they have a formula for some drug or something and then it's going to expire in a certain amount of time and then everyone can make it kind of thing. Yeah, so it's like uh, I can't think of a specific drug, but let's say that there's a ibuprofen drug which only they can make for the first twenty years. That it costs a lot of money to build that up, get that, um, research, all that kind of stuff. So then the, the value of that, they can amortize over a, a certain period um, because you know you have an idea of how much it costs. And then you can divide that over X many years that the, you know that is the useful life of that patent or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, uh, makes sense. I actually didn't know that, um, 
before. So that's like like you said, a lot of people know depreciation. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a new one. Uh, I think um, I think these segments are really going to help people understand. Maybe looking at some of the financial stuff and and really getting in. Um, and I like the topics that we've covered so far. Um, is there anything else that you uh, want to add to that, or that that seems pretty simple as well, but something very valuable that, like you said, I don't think many people maybe knew what it meant. Yeah, it, I I think it's one of those things you're not going to use very often, but just understanding when people are saying depreciation and amortization. It, the depreciation is a little bit more on the top of people's mind, but understanding what's an amortization is it important to the business. All that kind of stuff is is important when you're reviewing financials. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ingredients it seems like in evaluating a company. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was listening to a interview actually uh, before the show um, of Warren Buffett talking about buying good companies for the long term not really worried about what's going on in the world and it's kind of interesting because i see like both sides of that and i think i fall on the other side of like being a trader more into what the overall economy and, and the world economy is doing but it, it both strategies um can work it really just depends on your time frame and i would think and i you, i'm I'm curious of what your opinion is on this is if you buy a company based on its financials, I would think that it would be more of just a long-term play anyways, because a lot of short-term fluctuations don't really represent finances and they can be a lot of fear and other things that drive the price more than its balance sheet. And I guess when you're buying companies based on the, on the balance sheet, you really need to have a longer term outlook. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that when you're looking at especially that kind of information, uh, definitely a longer term outlook. If you're looking at something that the big ones that I see really move the market quickly are is if you think someone's going to have an acceleration or a deceleration in their revenue growth or a rapid change in their their margins, um, that can lead to huge changes in the market. And that can be really profitable for swing trades, but it's really hard. Like, as an outsider, just looking at someone's financials to, to say, is this company going to have a massive deceleration or acceleration in their, in their revenues? Um, it's tough to do, but you can swing trade that if you do see it coming. I guess like our big earnings and things like that you're saying. Yeah. And so like an example I'm thinking of when I say that is for instance, do you know the company wish? Yeah. Like, um, they sell junk. cheap China made stuff. Yeah dollar store online, essentially. Um, right. But one thing I was thinking, and I, I totally missed it, is they, about last earnings, three or four months ago, um, they had a terrible earnings. And it was right when the, the cost of all the uh, digital ads were going up and when the, all the supply chain concerns started rising. You, they put all that stuff on boats over from China and they had serious supply chain problems. And on top of that, their advertising costs went through the roof. So if you can see something like that coming and say, okay, how they acquire customers is getting a lot more expensive and how they deliver to customers, they're not able to do it as efficiently right now. 
that's really going to be two different ways that's going to stifle their growth. Um, then if you can catch something like that before earnings and it's not priced in, you can make a ton of money. Cause if you had puts on wish, uh, before it's last earnings, you would have made a ton of money. Right. And I guess that's the, regardless of what your strategy is, is making a, or, or investing in something or trading in something in something that's not already priced in because everything that, I guess for the most part, everything known today is pretty much priced in. Um, but if you have some kind of forward outlook and you don't go too extremes with it, then you can then you can say, okay, well, this is really mispriced based on like what you just said. That like that's a clear mispricing if you can get to it before everyone else figures out that hey, these are these are main issues. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, something that when I look at trading or investing, something that I I really look at is correlation, short-term correlations. What's the positioning of the market? Um, th those are, I guess, more factors that I look at versus individual companies. But it's definitely interesting learning um, more of how you think about finances and, and individual companies and watching things like Warren Buffett about you know buying things longer term. So it's it's definitely um, it's definitely interesting and there's way, I mean, there's more ways than we can count of making money in the stock market, but it's, it's always nice to find different ways than what you've been doing or that you're accustomed to. So it, very much enjoy enjoying that, but real quick, um, I guess we're finished with the uh, educational part, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll go over the, the market here, just a few little things. Um, the first thing I, I would say is, um, the VIX had been rising, um, since November 4th, um, through to, through today. And the market for the most part had been going up as well. We finally get a little bit of, of a pullback in the S and P 500. I mean, this was pretty much expected. I mean, at this point, um, now these things are, incredibly hard to predict especially when the market goes on a tear like it's been going on where you have i can't remember how do you know how many days it's been and we had like back to back we had like seven in a row winning days and then another seven in a row winning days or something to that extent didn't we yeah yeah it's been wild yeah it's been been pretty wild and we finally got a pullback today uh but what, what's interesting and this this kind of happened i guess through coronavirus too as you would see the market continuing to go up and then the VIX would start to rise um, as it just went in one door as the market. And when I say market, I just mean S and P 500. That's kind of how I gauge it. But um, VIX starts to rise as the market's going up in price. And that's a very interesting situation. Typically you see the VIX going up when the S and P 500 goes down. So the, the market was saying, you know, it was a time for a little bit of a pullback. I would like to see a continuation in that just, just so I can maybe get back in because I've gotten pretty light here. Um, but I I've been selling um, since the first all time high, I've been selling into the rally. So I'd like to get in a, at a cheaper price if possible and hopefully not miss out on any more of this run but I, I captured the most of it so 
pretty happy with that. Um, the 10 year note, um, has, uh, the, the, the interest rate 10 year treasury note index, um, has been falling, um, really since October the 22nd has been falling since, uh, really this rally started, um, in the S&P 500. And so that's something that's really interesting. And another piece of information I want to add on to that is the 10 year U.S. Treasury has a two hundred and forty three thousand contract short position on right now. So that's a massive short position in the uh, 10 year U.S. Treasury. So we're starting to see see that. Uh, I, I would I would think that you start to see that unwind a little bit, and maybe we get uh, more of a bounce in the ten year um, as far as bonds go. So, and then also, crude oil has had a little bit of volatility, but it it has been shooting up since um, a, a, about November fifth. I mean, it's been on a tear ever since it went negative. Now it's at eighty four dollars, but here recently it's went on a, a tear with the market as well. Especially today, it had a had a massive jump in price. The um the the US dollar um had been kind of bullish um since October, but now the last three days we've had a significant pullback in the US dollar. I guess inflation, the market is um either pricing in or or didn't have it completely priced in the amount of inflation that was going to stick. So we're seeing a pullback in the U.S. dollar as well in the last three days. Um, if you're looking at the small dollar futures from the small exchange, that's the product that I look at for the U.S. dollar. So definitely some market action out there. Um, on, on the market front, is there anything that you're kind of eyeing right now um, as far as like things that you're looking at or interested in? buying no no I, i've been keeping my eyes on a, a few stocks like coinbase which took a bit of a hit today because of the bad earnings um there's a few other ones that i'm interested in long term um but coinbase is a is a fun one because it's down 13 percent after hours after earnings uh and it's a pretty volatile stock because that's just the way the crypto markets move is that there's some crazy swings and when there's the doge meme coin happening um coinbase is going wild and then sometimes there's crypto winters uh so it's it's a different stock i'm taking a look at and seeing hey does it make sense to maybe at some point trim some of my Bitcoin position and diversify into Coinbase, which will be hopefully a little more um, steady than Bitcoin will be, um, at least in the short term. But it, I, I've been keeping my eyes on that overall. And then also just uh, really watching the rest of the earnings and seeing what's going on on some stocks like DoorDash is another one I'm interested in long term. Uh, not long it right now, but find it a really interesting stock who's been gr great during the pandemic um, and really doing an amazing job. Keep growing, um, keep veering into new industries. The I've been very impressed by their management and how well they've been able to scale their business in such a rapid way. Uh, so really just keeping my eyes on those. And then 
I don't look as much into the rest of things, but I do, I do think the supply chain's interesting right now. So I like to keep my eyes on, uh, diesel prices, that kind of stuff, just because it's sort of fascinating to watch this stuff swing wildly and see it keep going up and up and up and wonder when's it going to come back down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a that's some interesting companies. Um, I haven't, like I said, I don't look into companies a whole lot, but those are some uh, that interest me as far as I think the main one, probably Coinbase, because I guess the majority of their money is just from the high fees that's charged for trading, I guess. Is that correct? Yeah, they make a ton of money off of their sort of crypto marketplace where they're just buying and selling and making a lot of money off of that. But they're really investing into other industries other not other industries but other forms of crypto where they can sort of become the crypto consultant so for instance if apple wants to put a hundred million dollars worth of bitcoin onto their balance sheet the first person companies turn to would be coinbase to say hey coinbase you're the crypto experts help us determine how we're going to do this um, and they're also getting into NFTs and all that other kind of fun stuff. So I think long-term, the idea is there's going to be more and more competition, uh, and they're not going to be able to make the crazy money they do right now off of the marketplace like that. So they're investing in a lot of other ways to hopefully diversify their income. So they're being proactive for sure as far as seeing that there's going to be more people in the space offering cryptocurrencies. I know the brokerage I use is Tastyworks, and um, they now have that um, Shinu Inu or whatever it's called. Like she, what is it called? Yeah, Shiba Inu coin or whatever. Shiba yeah, coin. they just now started offering that on my brokerage, which they had a few coins. Um, yeah, let's see, I'm looking here. It looks like they have about 20 coins or so. Uh, they had about 15. They're slowly bringing more on. And to your point, going to see more brokerages um, implementing that part of that into their business as far as offering cryptocurrencies. And then you'll get into the whole fee structure competition where they'll offer it cheaper and, and then eventually it'll be free to trade like everything else probably. Um, so yeah, it's good to see if people are interested in Coinbase that they're go ahead and, and foreseeing that I guess as being an issue and, and really um, trying to come up with the business plan. I guess one of the, the things that's going to help them is if Bitcoin continues to go higher uh, as it has been here the last couple months, that'll probably bring more interest into cryptos. And and if this um, Sheeb coin or however you say it, I'm so out of touch with this stuff. But it, it, the more that these things get traded, and the higher the price goes, the more people will get interested in. And I guess greed too, like you're saying, there's a lot of greed in the market right now, and not a lot of fear. So maybe that'll help their earnings as well if we see this bull run in cryptocurrencies broadly. So I know you're not really into any other coins other than Bitcoin. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got a little bit of Ethereum 
and then I've, I've played around, especially earlier on in uh, 2017, I was playing around. So I still have some trash coins that aren't worth anything from then, but I haven't bought any of the Solana or any of the hyped ones right now. Yeah, I mean, it, I haven't either. I mean, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum is all that I had bought, but I, I buy them and sell them. I don't really hold them for any length of time. Um, the The new futures product that they offer is is pretty much where I hang my hat in trading, and it's got it's got a mixture of um, chip companies and um, companies that's holding Bitcoin and and process payment companies, and I guess it has a lot of infrastructure within that product as well. So it's kind of diversified across a few different um, platforms, crypto, anything that's related to the space uh, is in there. So I, I, I've enjoyed trading that, but it's definitely a good opportunity to have another investment, um, you know, another place that you can invest slash trade, uh, another vehicle, I guess you could say. Um, but to a lot of people, it seems like they're gambling with a lot of these shit coins and yeah, you can either get rich or you can blow thousands of dollars in it. Um, I know I see the stories of people buying at the top after all the hype and then it just crashing pretty much to zero. So it's definitely interesting. I know a few people have commented and said, you know, the first time that Bitcoin went up, I think it went up to like 20,000 and people were all hyped about it. But now we're seeing more of a broadening of just the entire space. And some people have said this reminds them of like the dot-com bubble where you it's not just one product or one coin or one company that's that's massively exploding, but you see scams throughout the industry of these pump and dump coins. You see all like uh, there's probably thousands of coins now at this point that's available and and it just seems like the the prices across the board are rising what's your thoughts on maybe there being a bubble-like structure to this and what do you think its effect on the coins that'll be here in the long term as far as like the short-term impact of bitcoin like say uh, do you think that a lot of this will fall and there'll be a big buying opportunity in Bitcoin? Because I think Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of these other ones will be here in in the future, but a lot of these will just die off and go to zero. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when it all comes down, if there's going to eventually be a separation of the way Bitcoin trades and sort of everything else that's a Web3 coin if that ethereum solana all that kind of stuff eventually bitcoin sort of becomes the currency of the internet the the gold version for the internet um and it starts to move in a different direction than some of the web3 coins because there sort of is a a broadening in that space uh with the the bull rush that we've seen on a lot of the web3 end of things uh i do think that at some point Right now, everything's following the price of Bitcoin in the short term, uh, but eventually I think it could separate. Uh, that's probably in the longer term, though. So I, I do think that at some point we're going to have a crypto winter because things are just too wild right now. Shibcoin is worth 
30 billion dollars or whatever it is solana is a project that's still in beta and that's worth 70 billion dollars so it's just absurd to see this kind of valuation and when you look at it it's like it, it makes no sense but it's just the way it is um so yeah no it'll be interesting to watch how everything tracks versus bitcoin and if eventually there's going to be a split between bitcoin and web3 coins yeah yeah i think i think that that will eventually happen and like you said there is a lot of correlation i was looking at some of the charts now there's a lot of correlation between bitcoin ethereum the the shit coins when you start seeing the this massive run in bitcoin it seems like you, then you start seeing all these project coins shit coins all the rest of them they start uh, massively getting i mean just the hype that gets intense and and everyone's um starting to chase i guess uh, the bitcoin market i guess is more or less of what's going on but it's it's, it's been interesting to see uh, the adoption seems to get wider and wider so it'll, it'll be fun to to see what happens i know that if bitcoin crashes um when everything else gets washed out of the system I, w- I would think you'd almost have to be a buyer at that point if you get a, a good discount because i do think that the broad market will fall away um like like you said it's just too much too wild right now and it does a lot of it doesn't make sense and these coins aren't really they don't really have any um value and they're made by people that uh, manipulate the code and can change it at any time and i've I've seen a lot of scams online uh where these influencers will will be backed by some shit coin that someone creates and then it doesn't last but three months or so so it's 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 bad to see that it kind of gets that sour taste in your mouth because a lot of people are uh, making the end or making this environment have a bad name and some of the older people are very skeptical of it because of this and and people don't like change anyway so th- that gives them a reason kind of to say oh well it's all just you know it's a scam it's people um, that like play video games playing with digital currency it's not real um, but i do think that cryptocurrencies at some level have to be more valuable as far as if you're just looking at the dollar versus say bitcoin for example because i know that there's supposed to be some more bitcoin release but at some point it's a it's a finite amount from what i understand and just just because there's a finite amount to me makes it more i mean worth more than the us dollar uh, the only difference being is that you you, ha- you use the U.S. dollar in day-to-day life to buy things, to live. And so in that sense, you have to have dollars. But really, I could see it being a store of value. I'm not one of the people that, you know, say, well, it's just short-lived and it's going away. I do think that, well, there'll be a few coins that are probably here to stay. And I'm curious to see how the governments play. I know there have been a lot of talk about governments coming in and stepping in, but they, they'd pretty much have to shut the whole Internet down <laughs> in order to – to stop it at this point I, I would think yeah i mean it's just too late for them to stop it you know it's it's gone on too long it's a crazy situation but uh maybe they'll try to do something but 
it feels like there's too much money money in it already to do something this late so it's just how are you going to regulate it because you can't really stop it um but it'll be interesting to watch how the dollar does with all the fears of inflation how bitcoin does how ethereum does it, it's such a fascinating overall dynamic yeah yeah for sure and and one of the things that people were saying you know when when we have an economic downturn they think bitcoin and these coins will do well but typically the dollar does very well because of debt and other things people run to the dollar because uh, they they need dollars their debts denominated in dollars so when asset prices start to fall um cash becomes very valuable so i don't think that they're i think it depends on how the economic system continues to work and if we do see the dollar continuing to move lower on a significant level if we finally get the divergence from the old way things have happened to a new form but i do see right now um it not being necessarily a safe haven in economic downturns uh, as of right now uh but it could it could in the future uh things can always change but um yes yeah, it is definitely interesting for sure but as of right now we've seen the broad market bitcoin and oil tend to do well all at the same time and tend to do poorly all at the same time uh, when markets are doing well oil markets the coins have been doing well when things are choppy everything else is choppy or, or going down. Um, like when coronavirus happened, we had negative oil. Um, now that things are doing, I wouldn't necessarily say well, but better, we have oil at uh, $84.50 a barrel. So it, it's definitely interesting, the crypto space. Um, but we'll move on to something else. Um, is there anything particular you would like to talk about on this episode? I think we've ran through everything that uh, I really had to talk about. No, I don't think so. Unless you want to talk about you kicking my butt in chess. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been playing um, a little bit of chess um, online. I, I, I've been I've been studying probably more chess than I should, to be honest. I mean, I'm uh, kind of took a break the last couple of days. Uh, from it but i've been on that chess.com app a crazy amount uh learn everything i can um, i got into it at the end of of 2020 and, and a lot it seems like a lot of people started to get into in into chess and and doing more things online with the shutdowns and things but that's really when i got in and and uh, it's been it's been a journey um have you been playing more now i know you took a a, a long a, a long spread off uh from it no, I've just been playing with you. I was thinking about tweeting it out and seeing if anyone else wanted to get games going, but I wanted to get a little more up to speed because when I look back, there's that little analyze feature when you're playing, and uh, it's just like there's like two or three moves a game where the computer's just like, you're an idiot. Like, I play pretty pretty average the most of the game every now and then make a good move. And then it's just the two or three blunders that where it's like you had this easy move where you were going to take his his rook with your pawn and you just completely missed it. And instead you traded pawns. And it's just like you had a big advantage that you could have taken advantage of um, and just blew it. So I'm trying to uh, cut out the mistakes and then 
I'll, I'll probably get a few more games going and see if anybody else wants to wants to play because it is fun but yeah i can definitely fall down the the rabbit hole sometimes when you're looking at a move and you're just like what what do i do here and you're just going back and forth playing around with the analysis being like okay how does this all work but yeah no it, it's definitely fun and it makes my brain feel a little smarter than when i'm just mindlessly browsing twitter so right yeah it, it's definitely more more engaging i i try not to play at night because i'll um i'll play like the fast rounds or faster rounds like five minute games one minute games um on chess.com and and i'll start to play it at night i'm like my, my brain's not capable of, of functioning at this level i i gotta go to bed and play earlier in the day or something but yeah i think uh, a lot of people in finance that like to analyze that like the challenge that like uh data and learning something that's um that's di- that's difficult um I, I feel like there'd be a lot of people in this space that would like it it's definitely um nerdy you know all my basketball people make fun of me but i enjoy chess and to what you're saying is chess is really just it, it's you're really not playing the other person you're playing yourself because the only way that you can win is if someone else make wh- whoever makes the most mistakes is who's going to lose. And that's dependent on you, not dependent on the other person. So it's really, it's really about the other person just making mistakes and you making fewer mistakes. So you're, you're really playing yourself. And in a lot of ways, the markets are kind of like that. You're, you're, cause you can, you can, you make the decision what you're going to do in the market and I know a lot of people that um, day trade or or try to do different things like that. They can they lose a lot of money, and it's really just it's really just playing against yourself and your emotions. And and can you can you separate um, your emotions from it and and think clearly and make good decisions? Or um, and, and it's a, di- a different aspect. I think we've been looking at markets longer, so we're really good at looking at the markets, but when you try to take that over to something else, there's still a learning curve um, that's associated with it, but it's, it's definitely been fun. I've been enjoying playing. I think I've played um, like 1100 games on chess.com now. So (laughs) I've been playing a lot. I mean, it's been, I think I've been playing for a year. I I might've took a month or so off, but I've played like 1100 games. It's like a hundred, almost a hundred games a month. So I, I play quite a bit. Yeah, no, that's, it, it's fun. And it, even just like the, the, the thought process behind it, when you're trying to think about how your move will cascade at the eight different moves, I think it's just good for your brain. And it applies to so many other things where you're just thinking, okay, you're thinking a little more action reaction and there's different, so many different patterns to everything and understanding okay the the just could try not to get caught by a, a knight and understanding okay i have my king here my my queen here can he move his knight once and then all of a sudden i can only protect one of them just understanding that and just starting to apply those thought processes to other things is pretty is pretty fun i like it yeah, it definitely, it definitely um, works your brain muscles. Uh, get some, get some prepared. Uh, hopefully, get some prepared for the markets. And um, 
but yes, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I've, I've been, I've done some of the puzzles that they have on there. I actually subscribed to, uh, I can't remember which tier of their service. So you get all the, the bots, you can play all the robots they have on there. You can do the puzzles. Um, they have, they have a lot of education on there. Um, it's not very, uh, a subscription is very, it's not that expensive for you can buy a year at a time. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it, you're basically just fighting yourself. How, how, how good you can do and um, try to mess up less than the person across from you. But I actually got a, um, a board for uh, Christmas last year. And uh, I, I don't even know why I wanted one because I don't have anyone here to play with. Um, but I, I, it's just something about having a chest set uh, sitting around with the wooden pieces uh, I like. But that's one of the things I probably, um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just one of those nice decorations in a home to have, but um, probably more of a waste of money than anything. But, um, you know, hobbies are hobbies, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I tried uh, when I was into it more, I was the two or three years ago, I, I was trying to play with my wife. She won't play with me anymore, though. She says it's not fun to play with me. I take it too seriously. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's that. See, anything I do, um, it sounds like you're the same way. Anything I do, I want to be the best I can be at it. I don't want to do, you know, I don't, I don't want to half-ass anything, as my dad would say. Uh, put your best foot forward, and um, you know, I've been playing basketball in the evenings, and um, you know, I'm not in high school anymore, and I'm I'm starting to get older, and and um, I need to remember, okay, this time I'm not going to dive for the ball because I have to go to work tomorrow. Maybe it's not best that I put my best foot forward. Maybe it's okay I let that ball go out of bounds, but I definitely have that personality of it's 110% or nothing. But Yeah, absolutely. I definitely get that. And, I mean, basketball is another one, fun one where I hadn't played in probably two or three years, uh, well, before the pandemic. And I played a couple months ago and, oh my God, me and my friends, we were dead. Like we played, we probably played for like an hour and a half or so. And then when we were all done, it was just like, we were all just laying on the ground. Like, oh my God. <laughs> we are not what did we just do to ourselves? Yeah. The pandemic screwed everything up. Um, shoot. We, we were, we were trying to play on outdoor courts and, and, and everything. We weren't being responsible with social distancing, but we kind of played, uh, through it but we're we're back in the gym now so back at the y and uh it's been fun but just pushing 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 too hard sometimes but it's been fun um i think that's all we really have the to, to talk about we covered um the different markets a few different companies good educational piece uh covered um bitcoin and um i really don't know anything else to talk about i know chris We'll be um, we'll be back Thursday, I guess, if we're doing an interview. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. So we're going to have an interview. We had talked to um, this person before. I can't I can't even remember. I think it's the people from Wolf, right? Yeah, Gav. Gav from Wolf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, we had had him on the show before. 
uh, when they were first starting. I think there was another um, guy that was involved with him. I don't know if they still are or what, but it'll be good to catch up, have a few questions. Um, I'm going to try to prepare for for them. And I'm going to jab at him a little bit because I was um, on there. I seen his picture with um, – Oh, what's what's the what's the guy on in it? Uh, the ball, Mad Money. What's his name? Jim Cramer. Uh, oh yeah, I seen his. Uh, uh, he had a picture uh, made with him. I was going to give him some crap about it because um, I I think it's really cool that he got to have access to people that you know normally people don't have access to as far as like. You know, he's got some clout there. You know, he's he's rubbing elbows, but there's no way I'd take a picture with, with that man. I, I He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a pumper for sure. Yeah, I, I have strong feelings about Jim Cramer and and um, and all that, but we'll, we'll save a little bit of that for, for Thursday. But it'll be a good show. I'm going to try to stream it on YouTube. I've been in the works of setting up my different screens so I can look at one screen and and that's where I'll view everything that is being streamed so I can do everything off to the side so people don't see me shuffling things around for the stream so I'm getting that set up I about have the intros I have a few graphics in place that we can um you know, flash on the screen, make a little bit of a presentation. So um, for everyone listening, um, check out the Just Swinging It YouTube channel. Uh, we will be going live on Thursday, which will be tomorrow when you're listening to this. Um, I think, what? do you know what time we're doing it? I'm really bad today. I don't even know what, when we're doing things. <laughs> no, I don't know off the top of my head. Um. It'll be Thursday afternoon. It'll probably be um, 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening uh, Eastern time. So definitely definitely check out um, the YouTube channel. Check out our Twitter. Um, we'll definitely share and post the exact time. I'm not prepared today. I, I didn't even think about um, letting everyone know that, but we'll, we'll definitely be streaming on YouTube. We're going to try to get the channel going a little bit to have – some other things other than just podcast um, on there. I might put some short clips from the podcast. Might do some other things. We got a lot of we got a lot of things in place, and that we're going to try to work on. Um, the sky's the limit. Uh, we're going to the moon, as the crypto shit coins would say. And um, we will see you guys Thursday. Yeah. Have a good night.